Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember, if you cannot sit here today, right now, and listen to Detroit Today, you got to get off to work or somewhere else away from the radio, you don't have to miss out, out on the conversation here on Detroit Today. All you have to do is go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, you download and subscribe to Detroit Today. You can take us with you and listen to us whenever you are ready. Yesterday, the storied congressional career of John Conyers came to a end. Despite Conyers' accomplishments and legendary status, As a civil rights icon, the Dean of Congress did not ride off into the sunset. Instead, he quietly exited in disgrace. If accusations of sexual misconduct weren't enough to force Conyers out, the fact that he cut a side deal with one of his accusers using taxpayer dollars to pay for a no-show job made it even more inevitable. And as my team argued in a Detroit Free Press editorial yesterday, it made it even more inevitable. Necessary In his radio interview on the Mildred Gaddis show in Detroit yesterday, Conyers said he supports his son, John Conyers III, to succeed him in that seat. His great nephew, State Senator Ian Conyers, also says he's going to jump into that race, and they are far from the only ones expected to run. This will be a very, very crowded race to replace John Conyers. But what is the future of that seat right now? And what does it mean for the future of Detroiters' representation in Congress Going forward, there are a lot of rules that kick in here. There are a lot of uh, issues at play in terms of when things might happen, when they might not happen. And everybody who's got their eye on that seat has got to figure out whether it's worth running for it in the special election that will certainly be held to to replace uh, Conyers for a short period of time or whether they want to run for his seat permanently. That's where we want to start the show This morning, and joining us to sort out what happens next is Rick Pluta, who is the State Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. Rick, welcome to Detroit Today. Hello, Stephen. Hey. So, confusing day uh, yesterday, confusing (laughs) couple of weeks, really, as in the run-up to this. I I, want to start with what literally comes next. The the ball, as I see it, is in the lap of Governor Rick Snyder, who's got to decide when this special election can or should take place? The governor has been officially notified of uh, Conyers' resignation, which was also read into the um, record of the United States House of Representatives yesterday. And so now it is up to him to uh, call a special primary and a special election, and the seat will be vacant until the results of that election are certified. Um, It would be typical for a special election like this to be aligned with election dates that are already on the calendar, which uh, next year are in May, in August, and uh, November. Um, But the governor isn't required to choose one of those dates. It is entirely Governor Snyder's uh, discretion, and there are reasons why um, he might want to move more quickly than that, that there are issues of um, bipartisan importance to Michigan, um, the Sioux Locks, the Great Lakes Restoration Initiative, a lot of uh, auto regulations and manufacturing-related uh, issues, trade deals, where, you know, there, there, there's kind of a feeling that Michigan needs every vote it can get. Yeah. And so he may not want to wait until, say, you know, um, 
a May-August uh, configuration of the primary and the special election. And, and if he didn't do that, for instance, um, mm. uh, what would the earliest be that, that you might see an election? Would it be March? Uh, would... I, I would think February or March at the soonest, just because um, you've got to give uh, potential candidates uh, time to gather the 1,000 petition signatures that are uh, required to get onto the primary ballot. Um, you've got to, in both of these cases, um, actually, um, yeah, I, uh, uh, it might, may might even be the earliest you could do it, because in both of these cases, you've got to make sure that there's enough time to not just get ballots printed, but get them in the mail to uh, military personnel and other overseas right. voters. Right. So it's not a, it's not a quick process, um, you know, even in... The, the 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 quickest scenario, right? So so if you had a May August scenario, what would you what you would end up with is in August uh, th- that seat on the ballot two times: one yes, for the special election, the special general, and one for the regular primary. You talk about confusing for voters, um, right? <laughs> uh, so people voting for the 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 to to, to fill out the term. And for who's going to be on the November ballot, all at the uh, all at the same time. Yeah. Although, I mean, typically you would expect, although it has happened differently, that uh, people would just be voting for the same person for for both seats. Right. For both right. elections. Right. Um, talk some about this district. Um, mm-hmm. This this is a this is a hybrid district now. It is both city and suburb. Uh, there have mm-hmm. been, there've been uh, sort of allusions in the past to the idea that someday this might pass into suburban hands at, uh, as the person who would represent uh, that district. Um, mm-hmm. g- game that out for us at this point. I mean, I know it's very early, um, but there's going to well, be a lot of there's going to be a lot of candidates. There, there could be a lot of candidates, and and let's not forget that there will be you know candidates with well-known names like. Uh, Conyers, probably mm-hmm. some other uh, prominent Metro Detroit politicians. And let's not forget the names of the candidates who will sound like or look like the names of the prominent candidates uh, on the ballot, because that is certainly a, um, a, a, um, <laughs> a distinct factor in Detroit elections that uh, candidates are often put on the ballot just to uh, split the vote. Um, to the you know to the detriment of the candidate whose name it sounds like and to the benefit of uh, other candidates. The other thing is you pointed out that um, you know Detroit is considered the population anchor of the 13th district, but really it, it sprawls out across Metro Detroit. Um, the other Detroit district is represented by uh, Brenda Lawrence of Southfield. Mm-hmm. It is conceivable for the first time, maybe ever that um, Michigan's congressional delegation will not include anyone who counts the city of Detroit as their residence. As their home. Yeah. Wow. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Rick Pluto. He's the state capitol bureau chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. We are talking about the resignation of Congressman John Conyers yesterday. Uh, Says he will leave immediately in the wake of allegations of sexual harassment and the revelations about a strange, to to put it mildly, uh, uh, settlement that he uh, and his office put together to keep sexual harassment allegations quiet. We're talking about what what will happen next in terms of when the elections will be held for the special uh, term that will fill out the rest of John Conyers' time in, in, in Congress. And then, of 
course, the regular election next year uh, for the next two years uh, uh, in that seat. Uh, Who's on deck? Uh, Who will take a shot at it? Who should be in the race? Uh, If you have ideas about that or about the retirement of Congressman Congress, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phone. That's 313-577-1019. 1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, let us know what you think should happen in the 13th Congressional District. Also, let us know what you think about the fact that uh, Congressman Conyers retired or re- resigned in the wake of this. He is the first member of Congress to say he's going to step away. Other people are facing allegations. There's lots of questions about what will happen in the bigger picture in Congress with these issues. Uh, Rick, I want to ask you about uh, what, what's next for these accusers. Uh, you know, uh, Congressman Conyers retires. There won't be an ethics investigation, I imagine, then into uh, the settlement that came out. Right. Of that's, his, that's up to the ethics committee to decide. Sure. But uh, typically, you know, that they don't um, spend a lot of time on former members of Congress. Right, right. Um, but the, the, there is this question about what else happens with accusers of John Conyers, accusers of these other folks mm-hmm. in, in Congress. This is a live issue still. Yeah. And um, actually, uh, just a, a few days ago, the Ethics Committee uh, sent a uh, letter to what is essentially the House Business Office asking for um, all the information they have on um historical information they have on settlements. So we may find, you know, that there's more there um, with, you know, former members of Congress, not necessarily John Conyers, but, you know, not out of the question either. Yeah, yeah. Um, when we're talking about the, um, when we're talking about the, the future uh, of that district, um, talk about some of the names that you think we'll, we'll see that are not uh, the, the ones that have already sort of tossed their names out there. I mean, Congressman Conyers put his son's name out there at his press conference right. yesterday. Uh, Ian Conyers, who's uh, the, the congressman's great nephew, mm-hmm. says he's going to run. We're going to talk to him actually in a little bit mm-hmm. later on the show. Uh, who else Who else is in the, in the pipeline here? Um, who is from Metro Who is not, maybe. In the legislature. <laughs> but uh, it's... Um, uh, uh, state Senator David Knizek from uh, Dearborn's name has been brought up. Uh, former state representative uh, Rashida Tlaib, both of them have not um, uh, said anything yet. Uh, uh, representative Tlaib suffered a, a death in the family, and um, uh, Knizek says that he's uh, focused on his legislative responsibilities at the moment. Coleman mm-hmm. uh, Young, who just ran for mayor, could decide that uh, he wants to run, you know, make a run at this uh, congressional seat. Um, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, just, just a passel of members of the, uh, state house delegation, some of whom might be, might be interested. It's going to be a very crowded field in part because it's a very democratic seat. So the, the democratic primary will probably be the determiner and it is a very safe democratic seat. And so whoever wins that primary and that general election will in all likelihood, um, be serving for many, many years to come. Yeah, yeah. They'd have a real a real advantage. Okay, Rick yeah. Pluta, State Capitol Bureau Chief of the Michigan Public Radio Network. As always, thanks for joining us here on Detroit Today. As always, it's a pleasure, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, and let's pivot now to talk with uh, the great nephew of 
uh, Congressman uh, John Conyers, uh, Senator Ian Conyers, joins us now to talk about his future uh, and as it relates to that seat. Ian, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, Stephen. Hey. How's it going? Good. How are you? Oh, excellent. So uh, tell us uh, what, what, what is running through your mind, I guess, this morning, uh, a, a day after your great-nephew uh, or your great-uncle retires from Congress after a very long run as, uh, as a distinguished congressman here in southeast Michigan, and then uh, the, the question of your future, which you almost immediately said was to try to replace him. Sure. So firstly, we're thinking about the uh, constituents in the 13th Congressional District and how we can get some more accountability for them through this process. Uh, We'll we'll let folks know that the office will still be open in terms of that staff who are on the ground in Detroit uh, to be able to handle constituent concerns. Uh, You know, secondly, we're we're looking at, uh, you know, making our case, as many other candidates will, on why will be the best uh, person to get to Lansing and get some accountability from an administration and really from a Congress that's been consistently changing the rules on uh, Southeast Michigan voters. And when you look at it, I think they're going to have the opportunity to look at candidates uh, who are bringing a certain set of skills to the table and and we'll certainly offer ours. Yeah. Um, Your great uncle yesterday when he announced his resignation uh, named John Conyers III, your cousin, uh, as, as the person he thinks should replace him in Congress. Talk about your response uh, to that. Sure. Uh, the congressman's got a right to endorse uh, whoever he uh, pleases, you know. And, uh, you know, we're certainly uh, more concerned about the, the health uh, and wellness aspect in terms of him not being able to run and the, the rigor that that would put him through, uh, and also uh, really just focused on our race and making the case directly to the voters. Um, you know, I, I'm curious about your reaction to the sequence of events that took place here. I mean, you, you've got these allegations that surface, and then the revelation of uh, the settlement that was uh, that was sort of carved out of the congressman's office instead of out of the Office of Compliance in Congress. Uh, then you have this sort of long period of... Um, debate about what what should happen and then and then he resigns um what 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 do you make of that uh what do you make of his decision to step away uh and then what do you make of this larger issue that's going on and and i think is not going away in the body that you seek now to join this idea of sexual harassment and how those claims are dealt with yeah i think in watching this uh, you know, I was just as surprised to learn about the Office of Compliance, which is that uh, you know pseudo HR kind of closed door process in which these deals have been cut. Um, and I think I'm you know, very glad to see this come to light and uh, to see legislation that's strong and, and getting rid of it, but still holding a safe space for those who have credible claims to come forward and not feel like they are uh, victims, especially those who are who are in fact survivors. So. It's one of those moments in our country that I think we need to start focusing on the culture and starting as early as possible with our with our young men uh, and, and teaching them what's acceptable and what's not. Yeah. Do you feel like your your great uncle was an unfairly uh, targeted victim of of this system that, that 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 somehow this played out in a way that did not uh, respect respect his position or his rights? 
Well, I think uh, anytime there's a credible accusation, uh, someone's past or history is automatically equalized, right? We're all we're all citizens and no one's above the law. I think him stepping down from his post was showing that he's never believed himself to be above the law. However, um, you know, with, with the amount of these allegations, it's just important to be able to um, take them very seriously, I think. And uh, I think that ultimately uh, his district are used to him having a certain level of extra scrutiny with having such a long term and having been you know, such an esteemed member of Congress for so long that he's held to a much higher bar. Uh, and, you know, certainly we want to see the, the fullest extent of the other cases that are through this, uh, you know, Office of Compliance come to light. I think you're seeing other folks around the Congress, uh, specifically in Detroit, there's a frustration with you know, the lack of equality in the process, whereas it seems very political in nature to target one member and not another uh, however, uh, we've got to get to the bottom of this, and I think that office, the Office of Ethics is, is no lightweight matter. They're going to get to the bottom of it and, and choose to use all the tools and resources and subpoenas they have to get to the facts and yeah. get those to the people as they deserve. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guest is Senator Ian Conyers. He's a state senator from Detroit, great nephew of former Congressman John Conyers. Uh, Ian Conyers has announced that he will seek to replace his great uncle in the Congress. We're talking about uh, Congressman Conyers' uh, resignation yesterday. We're talking about the future of that district, the 13th district, which straddles both uh, Detroit and uh, western and southwest suburbs. If you want to join the conversation, talk about uh, either Congressman Conyers' uh, resignation or what you think the future of that seat ought to look like, who, who you might want to see in the race, who you think might get into the race, give us a call, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phone. So that's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, uh, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, Ian, I want to talk a little about your uh, track record. Um, what is it uh, that, that you've done that makes you feel prepared f- to run for uh, f- to run for the U.S. Congress? I come out of our congressional district and have been involved with it for for quite some time. Uh, and anyone who seeks this office should know the people they're representing uh, on a first name basis. Uh, the communities from you know Inkster to Dearborn Heights, Redford, out to Garden City, these are folks who have uh, earned their trust in terms of having leadership positions in our Democratic Party organization before ever seeking to run myself. In fact. Many of the folks out of our congressional district are the ones that encouraged me to run for a uh, for an incumbent seat in the state rep race of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and knowing those folks and knowing the issues of our community need someone uh, who's involved and who is knowledgeable of our area. It gives me a lot of confidence to get out there and get those supports. But now, speaking about my own track record, you know, having been in the Senate for now a year, I've got a few things I can talk about in terms of what works and what doesn't work for mm-hmm. Michigan families. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been shocked to see how political it is in our state capital uh, when folks are honestly changing the rules against working families. You've got uh, you know folks every year trying to take away pensions, and I think that that's prepared me to understand the culture and the environment that's existing at a stronger level in Washington, D.C. 
the, the constituents can also know I'm not a person that's going to get to Washington, D.C. and all of a sudden change my behavior. Uh, I worked in D.C. before. I lived in D.C. before. I'm not uh, wowed or surprised by the lobby or by any of the issues that kind of control that inside the Beltway mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. So they can count on me to keep my Michigan values and keep working for their families as I do now. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned that you worked in Washington and, and lived and lived there. You worked for former Mayor Adrian Fenty. Is that right? I did. Yeah. Uh, one of those first jobs, you get right out of college and start knocking doors and get the opportunity. I worked in an office called the Mayor's Office of Community Relations and Services, where I was directly responsible for delivering uh, some of those really important issues, you know, for down from uh, getting the power lines back going to getting the heat back going in the wintertime, right on up to uh, getting cats out of the trees sometimes, you know, the things that can come up when you're helping constituents. But, you know, it's the same passion that really drove me back home. When you're out there in that area, you think, hey, I'm helping these folks. But, you know, the, the seniors of our community, the members of our community have said, go off and get those skill sets and bring them back home. Yeah. Uh, and ultimately having that experience there, made me start to think about how we can use these tools and skill sets to have a better Michigan and a better Detroit. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Frank in Lincoln Park. Frank, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning, fellas. How are you guys doing today? Good. How are you, Frank? Good. Hey, hey. Uh, Ian's uh, my state senator down here in Lincoln Park. Uh-huh. Uh, the young man's done a very fine job of representing uh, us, and uh, I would easily uh, vote for him uh, for Congress. But I will say that I think that he should stay right where he's at, that this congressional seat is going to go away after the census, that uh, Detroit has lost more population again, and that uh, um, the first with the loss of the seniority of the senior uh, Conyers, um, that that seat's going to disappear, and that uh, he should mm-hmm. stay right where he's at, representing us in Lansing. So and, when you say, so Frank, when you say that seat will disappear, you're saying that in, in the after the 2020 census and and we maybe lose another another congressional seat, seat here in Michigan you think that's the one that would get uh, yes i do get drawn yes out. i do that's an interesting uh, and interesting if you check thing. with some of the professionals around i think you'll get concurrence on that yeah yeah i well, well, you know frank, frank i have always thought i've always thought that the more likely candidate uh, uh, for that would be uh, Sandy Levin's district um, or Debbie Dingell's district, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I think uh, drawing out the 13th in any way really gives you uh, difficulty with the VRA, and I think uh, e- even even the very partisan exercise that goes on in Lansing every 10 years uh, that's designed to, to maximize partisan advantage would, would run around that rather than than right through it, but again, that's just that's just my opinion uh, about that, and and you may know something uh, that I don't. Ian Conyers, I'll give you a chance to 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 respond. Is there a risk running for a seat like this that maybe it'll only be around a couple of years? Well, first I'd say thank you, Frank. I appreciate that. We've made a real effort to really include Lincoln Park, Allen Park, and Southgate uh, in our entire strategy. We're meeting folks down there and making sure that they're included. I think we've got a very gerrymandered district, but to some aspects it's been a strength because we can't just go with one message. The issues downriver are the same issues on the east side of Detroit. Mm -hmm. People want jobs. They want access to good education for their families. So uh, I appreciate that. At the same time, uh, I think that's prepared me to be able to go after our our larger district because those issues are the same, whether it's, uh, you know, Garden City or certain parts of the west side of Detroit. Families are struggling right now. 
and they need someone who can stand uh, directly for them and make the case on policy. And so uh, in terms of the shrinking district, I'm very excited to watch the ballot initiative that's going on so that we can have people picking their politicians and not the other way around like it's been in our state Senate. I serve in a body that's uh, the, the top of a trifecta, 27 to 11, although it's you know morally leaning Democrat, but that's not the way the seats turn out. We've got 27 Republicans literally making decisions right. to take pensions away and to do other things like that. So I appreciate that, but we'll keep moving forward. Okay. Senator Ian Conyers, thanks very much for being here on Detroit Today. Thanks so much. And good Bye-bye. luck next year. All right. Uh, up next, we're going to have a conversation about crime and punishment and whether the two always fit together. Interesting conversation about justice as opposed to just the idea of punishment. Stay with us on Detroit Today.